Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. As an industry, podcasting is arguably still in its adolescent years. It's only 15 to 20 years old and changing all the time. One of its charming features is you can choose a topic you're interested in and become the voice of that show. I recently met a fellow podcaster through my internet hosting company and decided to bring her on the show to share her voice and journey into this industry. Hello, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I'm very pleased to welcome Jennifer Thomas, co-host of the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. In this episode, you'll learn her connection with tennis great Nick Volateri, what it's like to work full-time as an accountant while getting established as a podcaster, what you'll hear on Jennifer's Honestly Unfiltered podcast show, and much, much more. Thank you again for stopping by today, as it is my hope that you will listen, learn, but most importantly, connect. Jennifer Thomas, tax accountant for Feld Entertainment and co-host of the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. Welcome to my podcast, the Sarasota Stories podcast. (laughs) Hi, Bob. How are you? Yeah. Hello, hello. Well, I got to give our listeners a little background how you and I met. I recently went to PodFest over in Orlando, and I saw your name as one of the attendees, and you're just right up the road here in Manatee County. And so I was looking to connect with other podcasters in the area. Unfortunately, you had a medical procedure and couldn't go to Mm -hmm. the show. And so come to find out that you and I have the same hosting company, which is Captivate.fm. And so I just reached out to you through them. And so here we are. That's funny. The funny thing is, is that I have followed you for quite a while because we are both in the Captivate Facebook group. So when I saw Sarasota Stories, that caught my eye. There's not, you, you know, we don't have a lot of, I don't know if we have a lot of podcasters in this area or not, but just someone close home caught my eye, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's growing. I mean, I was surprised at the number of local podcasters that did attend PodFest. And again, that was yeah. over in Orlando. But uh, in some regards, since I do this full time, it could be a lonely business. So I'm like, yes. oh, okay. Get a fellow podcaster on here. Let's talk shop. So we're going to do a little bit of that in just a second. But you have an interesting background and and you're working for an interesting company that I want to get into in just a little bit. And then we want to get into your podcast, which 
I find interesting the Honestly Unfiltered podcast, completely different from what I do, but I think it's interesting. But I never get into the meat of the conversation before I ask my favorite question, which is what is one thing that most people don't know about Jennifer Thomas? <laughs> that I have a podcast? Uh, probably, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, so if that I was... If it's not that, because a lot of people in my personal and professional day-to-day life do not know that I have a podcast. Yeah. And... Um, other than that, was that I was a rising tennis star when I was younger. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Now, where was this? It was, he started off in New Jersey where I was, where I grew up. We moved, I was freshman year. I was, um, you know, varsity tennis right off the bat. We lived here when I was in middle school. We, I did a couple tennis tournaments over at GT Bray. And I didn't have any formal training. And uh, this one tournament I played in, I got to the championship. You know, you're talking about like maybe a 12-year-old kid with an old wooden racket up against this girl who was dressed oh like goodness. Martina Navratilova or just <laughs> completely professional. And I went neck and neck with her and she ultimately won and I came in second place. But afterwards, Nick Boletari came up to my parents. And oh, said, is that right? He just passed he, away. I don't know, about yeah, six months ago. Wow. Yeah. That's rare air. It is rare. He came up to my parents and said, we'd love, you know, for your daughter to be a part of our school. It was, and it was fairly new back then. It was just yeah, opening. Sure. We'll, we'll give her a full scholarship, the works. They said, no. You'll never, they said, you'll never be, you'll, being a tennis player is unrealistic. You just need to go to business school. So, you know, I played high school, college, things like that, but, um, you know, recreationally. So I didn't really actually make it into the circuit. Well, that's, that's extremely rare air. Uh, It is. You know, the baseball analogy is there was a guy, let's a guy I knew, but he was in, uh, he he's like the last stage of, I don't know, triple A baseball, I think, which was right before you go into the majors. And he said only 1% of the triple A guys ever make it to the majors. It's got to mm-hmm. be like that with tennis, too. I oh, mean, yeah. There's totally. so many people that are playing, but that's still pretty cool to have that it uh, is Nick Bolletieri. Cool. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. I don't know if he, you being in Sarasota, we had a lot of run-ins. We we would have a lot of run-ins here with him in Bradenton. Yeah. Especially uh, at the restaurants uh, over in the 34th Street area. He was always in one of them. He was always a fun guy and always He's kind quite the to guy. everybody. He's quite yeah. the guy. He really started yeah. like IMG Academy. He, he started the incredible. An empire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. So you are an accountant by day, a podcaster by night. Mm-hmm. Tell us why you chose accounting as a profession. Why did I choose accounting? Well, I've done a lot of things in my life career-wise, but once I entered the realm of accounting, it seemed to make sense. I was always on the business management track where I would manage offices. But when I, I kind of fell into the accounting end of it by doing the work in other offices and then taking a position in an office that was out of my wheelhouse. And from there, things started to click. The, the tax laws, the, the forms, the, the, the procedures that people follow on a quarterly basis, all of it just 
naturally clicked with me. And I had been on a path where at that point across roads where I really wanted to be a realtor. That was always my dream from early on. And I did, I did get my license. I am a licensed real, real estate agent, but as I stayed with the accounting track, that seemed to make more sense to me. So um, that's really how I fell into it. Well, really, uh, accounting, of course, is just one of those topics that the uninitiated think is just a, a dry topic mm-hmm. and 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 particularly don't want to deal with it. But of course, to me, it's one of the pillars of making money. I always said there's only mm-hmm. three ways to make money is to make more money is to save more money or is to keep more money. And you're the one who helps people keep more of their money. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a vital skill oh, yeah. to have. And, uh, even if there's a, a massive downturn in the economy, I think you're still going to be employable. That's for sure. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's, there's always that misconception that people do not realize that it isn't, doesn't have to be an arm and a leg or break to break the bank to, to, to go see a, a tax professional or an accountant. And there are so many deductions that people leave on the table personally and small business wise. And for me, it's a good feeling to be able to help somebody what, what, you know, you, save that money, you know, so to speak. And that's always kind of like a, a question I like to ask you is what is what's one thing or what's several things that most people get wrong about tax accounting? You just touched upon one that you, they're leaving deductions on the table. What are some other things? That they're going to go to jail if they make a mistake or if they owe a hundred dollars that they're going to get audited. And if they, if they take, if they, if they itemize instead of taking the standard deduction that it's going to trigger an audit and that people are deathly afraid of audits, they're so concerned that if they get audited, the IRS is going to come in and say, nope, you can't have any of that. And now you owe us a hundred thousand dollars and you're going to go to jail. And most audits are really are through the mail. Honestly, they'll send you a letter and say, could you send right. us copies of this, this, and this? And you send it in and it's fine. Um, but the, real, truly, most people are afraid of an audit. It's funny you say that because I'm thinking back, and this has been a number of years ago, one of, one of the old school rappers, if I could use that term, one of the old school <laughs> rappers, you know, he's a real street guy, but he said, he said, I fear no man. He says, the only two things I fear is the, is the Lord God and the IRS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll come out. They, your debt from the IRS does not go away, even if after you're dead. But it does go away. If you have not, if you have a tax debt and you filed, say, in 2012 and you owe them $5,000, if you still have not paid them and it's 2022, 10 years later, they will absolve that debt. Granted, they probably, by that point, they've probably done some collections and somehow wrangled you into paying something. Yes. So, you know, they, they do, it's kind of like student loans. Student loans and the IRS tax debt, they'll come after your family for. Oh, man, I'm yeah. sorry to hear about that. Well, I I didn't actually know that. So, so uh, tell me then you are, uh, again, your day job is, is, is an account and you work right now for Feld Entertainment. So so tell me about Feld because they're an interesting organization. Mm -hmm. They're in the entertainment business and they're, they're, they're quite big. I I think most folks around here haven't really heard of them, but they have some huge facilities just right up there. I was near the Manatee river. I think it is. In Palmetto. In Palmetto. Palmetto, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about that. 
what they do? Feld is, um, you know, they are they're they are an interesting organization. They have been in business per se since the 1930s. They oh, wow. started off with the uh, Ringling Bartum and Bailey Circus. From there, they grew. Um, you know, their shows Disney on Ice is is a really is a was one of their big shows. Um, the Monster Truck Jam. Now they have the motocross. They um, the motor the monster the monster truck and motocross departments. They purchased from Live Nation a few years ago. And that's how they acquired those. And um, the Disney on Ice shows, they that's something that's been with them for quite a long time. I, I, I don't exactly have the data in front of me of when it was, but they licensed the name from it. They licensed the Disney part from Disney. So, well, now they have a huge 600 square, 600,000 square mm-hmm. foot uh, facility up there, but don't they do all like the, for lack of a better term, backline work or all the, the back end work that a lot of folks don't see, you know, mm-hmm. stuff fabrication. like yeah. fabrication, engineering and whatnot. Cause I saw, if you go to their website, you can see some dinosaurs on there. So they, they make dinosaurs, I guess, too. They do that. Production. That facility is huge. I have not even been through the entire facility yet. And I've been there quite, you know, six, seven months now. They have an ice skating rink to my knowledge back there for the ice skaters t- to practice the they they have a huge garage where the monster jam where the monster trucks are assembled and worked on and it's just phenomenal. They, I believe now I wasn't there at, during that time, but even during the pandemic in 2020, they rented out the facility to the WNBA to have their championship there. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, uh, wow. I believe. A couple of years ago, Shaquille O'Neal was there. There, they fabricated. I read this in the paper, so it's not firsthand knowledge from working there. But I, um, he had a big giant Superman statue that was made for him, and they it needed work, and they refabricated it and did it for him. And I saw pictures of him in the paper with you know on the property with it that, and they did that for him. So. Which is funny because, you know, people, when that things like that happen, people in accounting have no idea who's on the property or whatnot. So then for Feld, what area do you specialize in? Because you, you have to pull together a lot of different pieces. I'm sure reports mm-hmm. from other departments and pull that all together. So what does that look like? I, um, I organize, I do, for lack of a better word, um, when, when, some of these shows go overseas. The the ice, the monster ice capades and yeah, yeah. The Disney on Ice and Monster Jam. I don't believe Jurassic World Live is going to be a domestic is a domestic show, and they're bringing back the circus, but that's only a domestic show as well. But say when they go into Canada or the UK or Australia, we have the um they have to pay payroll taxes in those countries. Oh wow. So we. Oh, so you're an international tax accountant mm-hmm. then? Yes. Oh man, that's pretty complex. Then that's incredible. There's yeah, there's a lot to keep up with, and a lot of rules in a lot of different countries, and you know, there's tax treaties everywhere, and it's just, they're constantly changing. And you know, I'm responsible for getting the governments of, say, Canada, Spain, some, 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 some countries we deal with directly. Other other ones we outsource it, but. Just getting them the, the passports if they need 
that country's social security number, obtaining those applications and getting those packages and the waivers over to those countries so that they are so that they don't have to pay tax while they're there and they don't have to have a certain amount withheld from their checks while they're performing there. Wow. Wait, how, how much did COVID uh, impact you guys? Well, I wasn't there then, but from what I understand, it impacted them greatly. They mm. completely ceased operations um, during Ew. COVID. And uh, I believe a lot of their staff was let go. It was a skeleton crew. The performers are subcontractors. So they were obviously let go if they're not performing. And this last year, 2022, was a really big rebuilding year for them and getting everything up and running and getting the, the, the facility fully staffed. It's interesting. I have a brother who's actually in the entertainment business. He has a backline business. He provides all the musical equipment uh, for, you know, for, for big productions uh, such mm -hmm. as the Super Bowl and, and for, uh, for cruises, for festivals and his same deal. I mean, he went from having his best year mm -hmm. ever just being completely shut down. So I can only imagine what happened there. Well, let's, let's transition then. Let's, let's, let's move to a little, Nicer topic here besides COVID. I think we're probably getting tired of that. Let's talk about the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. what, I, what I thought was interesting about it was you you positioned that it's it's a place for honest and open conversation. So, so tell us about the podcast. I started the podcast in August of 2021. It was under a different name then. It was Honestly Unfiltered with Carrie and Jenny. And uh, my co-host at that time, Carrie and I, we we went through, we we ended in May of 2022 she had a granddaughter and wanted to spend more time with her her daughter had a baby so at that point you know we she went her own way and I did as well and the podcast was really in limbo then I didn't know what I was going to do and I and Ellie my friend she's one of my best friends came up to me and said, what are you doing with the podcast? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. She's like, I'd love to be your co-host. And I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And since then, you know, we've, you know, we're, we're almost, I think 46 current, she and I are 46 episodes in. And I feel like it's, you know, I obviously I changed the name to the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. And I feel like it's taken more of a serious tone. And we, we do try to keep it lighthearted. In what the, way? When you say it's taking more of a serious tone, what way? The subjects we're covering yeah. are a little bit more intense. And, um, you know, Carrie and I, you know, Carrie is more of a comedian. She makes everybody laugh. And there was, there was always a sarcastic twist on everything. And with uh, Ellie, she's different. And, um, you know, she's funny as well. But it, it's it's. It's a little less sarcastic, a little bit more, um, just some of the topics that we're doing per se. Right. So, and, so was it, was that intentional to go in that direction, or was it just kind of naturally uh, navigated that a, direction? It was always the intention, and I think we would have stayed on that track had Carrie not left. But um, regardless, it's it, the, the, my whole point of getting into it really was to help other women, help people that have have had crises happen to them, experiences, women in menopause, that things are happening to their bodies and they do not know it's normal because there are a lot of women that don't talk about it. You know, I know I come from the generation before me where you didn't speak of 
the M word of menopause and you, That's you know, me. we, yeah, <laughs> we would tell our girl, I, I would tell my, share something with a girlfriend. And she, yeah. And she would say, Oh, that happens to me too. I had no idea. And so we have all these women out there that are going through these things and they don't realize what they're going through is perfectly normal. Or not? It, so. It's 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 fascinating because again, I'm a boomer generation, and I think a lot of what the boomers got, of course, was from the war generation, World mm -hmm. War Two. Oh yeah. And I and I rem it's, my parents actually met at the Pentagon. They they both were in the Korean War, mm -hmm. and I remember my mother talking about how the World War Two veterans came home. They all went overseas. They did their duties, and they came home, and they just continued to do their duties. I'm like, that's not true. Many of them ended up as alcoholics. I mean, oh, yeah. Had, you know, P, what do you we'll call it? P, PTSD. PTSD. And, and I said, you know, that's not, I never said this to her. I was like, you know, that's not true because you have to have a vehicle by which you, you can offload it. I it, It's interesting. I mean, and this was at a church group years ago that I was a member of. Uh, the guy was a psychologist. And I think men in particular, I, I think, mm. are more isolated. And um yeah. But the guy was a psychologist, and he said to me, he goes, you know, he says, look, he says, if every guy had one or two close friends that he could tell all this junk to, he said, I'd be out of business. And he specialized in family and, and men issues and all that sort of jazz. I think a lot of that is 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 quite true. I think a lot of that's quite true. But uh, I don't know if it's just Western civilization and maybe, you know, you go to the Middle East or Asia or whatnot, and it's more of a open thing where people can say, look, you know, I'm not doing so well right now. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I think uh, I know from personal experience, I came from uh, that that wasp, Protestant, Western, Anglo. I was raised up in, you know, New Jersey, New York household. You you didn't talk about things. You didn't yeah. express your feelings. You didn't. Everything was just, you know, surface and in the house. And you so for me to then you know, grow up essentially and have all of these close girlfriends that we talk about all of these things. It was an adjustment for me because I always felt ashamed talking about them because sure. I was programmed not to. Yeah. yeah. And even, yeah. and even things such as loss and death and, you know, grieving and, you know, the misconceptions behind it and how you're supposed to do it and what's right and what's wrong. Everybody has a story. It, it, it's it's interesting you say that because I know that there's some cultures around the world, and I think particularly in the Middle East, it's like if someone dies, they actually hire people to do the wailing and the crying and whatnot in public, you know, as they're taking them to the, the burial place. I'm like, well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, you know, uh, I logged into, uh, let's see what, it was, it was your third season, mm -hmm. and I logged into, I think it was episode 43, and... The title really caught my eye, so I had to listen to it. Love Which is not one? dead. Love is not dead. Just her husband <laughs> with Rebecca Johnson. And I'm like, talk about somebody who's trying to catch a, a, a reader's eyes on that. So, but I, but I listened to that, and this uh, this gal you had on Rebecca Johnson uh, just went through extraordinary difficult times. You know, mm -hmm. losing a husband at the same time, and and, and getting cancer, and then having other folks die in her family and whatnot. Um, and yet I, there was just a, a thread of connection there that I could see that you guys had in talking about, you know, these tragedies, but there was just a, a kind of like the support there. Talk about that if you would. 
Well, the, I can't I can't take credit for the title of that podcast episode because her podcast is Love Is Not Dead, Just My Husband. And I met Rebecca a couple of months ago. She actually contacts tech contacted me to do some tax work for her and to set up a corporation for her podcast because I do that for a lot of the people and and we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk after the show today. Yes. we'll talk yeah <laughs> yeah but um so we we started talking on the phone and you know she went over the things she needed from me and I, I and in my head I'm thinking this is such a positive bubbly woman kind you know kind woman and then she said to me I said oh you know it was like an hour long conversation she was easy to talk to. So what's the name of your podcast? And she said, Love is not dead, just my husband. And I'm like, so, you know, I said, I just started following you oh, on that's Instagram. That's the title like, of her podcast. Her podcast. Oh yes. my gosh. Jeez, yes. Christmas. <laughs> wow. So um Ellie and I both found a connection with her podcast because if you go back and you listen to the first episode of season three which is where ellie comes on to the podcast we discuss the story of how we met and we knew each other for years first for several years we we both shared a friend in common we we so this person her name's maria we well she's maria on the podcast um we were both friends with her i worked with her she was um, Ellie's child. She is child Ellie's childhood best friend. And her husband died suddenly in a tragic accident. So Ellie and I were kind of, I don't want to say thrown because that's a bad word because we were put, I didn't put who's really there, but we came together to support our friend. And mm. we spent a lot of time together months and it just, it bonded us really. And so out of this tragedy came our friendship, a beautiful friendship. And, you know, the three of us, we traveled together. We, you know, we're, we're always, you know, we're always trying to, you know, plan things together. And right. that's really where it came from. So to see that Rebecca is, she's trying to let other widows know that there is no proper way to grieve, that you don't have to follow a set of rules. What you, what you do to get through point. it is, is is all you what you need to do and i think that there is I, i've witnessed it you know a couple of different times in my life with other widows there's an expectation you're supposed to grieve for this long you're supposed to wear black for this long you're not supposed to do this you're not supposed to do that oh he's not even you know i've heard oh he's not even gone for six months and she's already doing this and it's everybody has to do things at their own pace and that was really where where we connected with her on that. Well, so so what's been the response to your podcast? Because you you publish basically a couple times a week or every other week. Wait. We 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 definitely we we try to post at least once a week, right? On a, a topic that Ellie and I just bounce back and forth with each other. Sometimes we come to the microphone, we have no idea what we're going to talk about, but they end up being the best episodes. And then, you know that uh, surprise. You know that surprises me being an accountant because you think you know you're all organized, you got everything <laughs> laid out. It's just like I could, I, I would be pe- petrified if I didn't get my questions, my I, I lay all that stuff out, you know, before I hit record. So that really surprises me. Yeah, I you know I I could 
I am a very organized person. I'm a very OCD person. And for the most part, if we're interviewing someone that is laid out ahead of time and we, she and I will, will, will brainstorm and we'll talk about the question, but you know, it'll be, sometimes it'll be a Sunday afternoon and I'll say, I have to put an episode up. What are we going to do? Are we going to skip it this week? And she, so she'll say, no, let's just get on. We'll, we'll start off talking about this and then it'll just evolve into something else. And other podcasters have told me those usually end up being, we always say we go down the rabbit hole and because we can start somewhere and end up somewhere totally different. But a lot of you know, people have told me and other podcasters, those are usually the best episodes because you get just, it's natural. It's yes, raw and it's, it's natural. And, I, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm, we're getting a bit off topic here, but I will say that's something I've struggled with between kind of hitting my bullet points and list of questions that I wrote down ahead of time and just having a real conversation online. And I do think, I think that's a, a point well taken. I think that's a point well taken. Well, so, so where do you want to take this show? Well, you know, the dream obviously is to take it to Spotify or one of these companies and make millions of dollars. But the yeah. thought of that is, but the, the chances of that are very slim. Um, I don't know. You, it's, it's been a slow burn. And if I had any advice to give to a podcaster, that's what it would be is you have to take pay, it's, it's patience. And the audience has grown more than what we have ever can imagined it right now. Obviously, I'd like to make some money. In advertising and things like that, but uh, I guess we'll just see where it goes. Obviously, you know, to be a top one hundred constant podcast on the Apple charts, that would be lovely. I mean, I'd love that. And we have hit, we have been in the Apple charts, and um, we the lowest we've ever charted on Apple is the seven is seventy, and yeah, and we've charted. Wow, in which particular, in which category? Which category? Personal journals. Ah, or society and culture. Yeah. Yeah. We've tried, we've actually charted in Canada, Norway, Sweden, Mexico, South Africa, the UK, and Australia. A couple more. But yeah, that's we've we've charted everywhere. It's 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 amazing to me when a country like South Africa or Australia that there are people there listening to our podcast. But, you know, it's interesting because uh, I think you're hitting upon something. I, we live in, Unfortunately, we live in such toxic times right mm-hmm. now. And it, whether you're talking about finances or politics or religion, just really, really toxic times. At least we are in this country. And what I found fascinating was uh, someone was referred to me. Actually, I have her right in front of me here. Her name is Denise Schoenwald. She was episode 96. And the title of the episode was Tips to Improve Our Mental Health in 2023. She's a licensed mental health counselor and whatnot. And it wasn't somebody that I, at the time I was really kind of comfortable doing. I'm like, you know, hey, mental health and whatnot. And there's that, there's that baby boomer coming out mm-hmm. of me again. And man, she just killed it. I mean, people started calling her and it it really charted very, very well in all the registries and, and of course on the software that you and I are members of, captivate.fm. So I think you guys are on to something. If you can create that um, that connection there, where people can, you know, can uh, you know connect with the, you know those topics of of uh, you know emotions and you know trauma. Well, boy, we all go through it. We do, and we we try to keep it fun. We're, sometimes if something's trending in reality TV, or say right now the re- most recent thing was the Prince Harry book, we will talk about it. 
And that, the response from that has been phenomenal. It's do, uh, do you do point counterpoint on that? I mean, do you take one side or the other or? There are some things we do take counterpoint yeah. on because we don't agree on everything. And there was one episode a few episodes back where we did get into a little bit of a heated argument about something. Um, but People for, love that. Listeners love you know, that. I know. And it's <laughs> it, it was upsetting to me and it was upsetting to her. But yeah, yeah people love it. But for the most part, we 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 do share the same opinions when it came sure. to Prince Harry anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's leave it on a, on a uh, high note here. What are you excited about right now going forward then? With the podcast, I'm just excited about what the future holds, the cool. guests that we've been booking and talking to. And that's really, for me, is, you know, some we have some pretty big names coming in that I've been in negotiation with and that are, that could really, some of their information could really help our audience. And cool. that's really where the focus lies is helping someone, helping someone to know they're not alone or to even cheer up, cheer up their day and make them happy for it. Smile for a minute. Now, now you say big names. It can help you. It was like Dr. Phil. <laughs> Not quite that big, but. If Hope springs right, eternal, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Oprah's not waiting in the green room, unfortunately, but. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, just, uh, just so our listeners know again, uh, Jennifer's podcast is called Honestly Unfiltered Podcast with an S. Honestly Unfiltered Podcast.com. And there's some really interesting episodes. I think everybody would enjoy going there to listen and hearing a couple of good friends get into it a little bit and talk about some interesting topics. So, but Jennifer, I appreciate you being on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.